Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I forgot how much I like this song. This is one I don't hear very often. Yeah, I forgot how much I like Mary J. Blige. And happy, uh, happy birthday to her, by the way. 53 years old today. Welcome in here uh, on a Thursday. Um, I remember some of you have been around for a little while. Remember the year, this was several years ago, where it was the week the kids went back to school after holiday break. And we had a horrible cold snap like we're about to have again. And I don't remember if kids missed the first three or four days straight of school after being back. And it was just because of the cold. There was no snow yeah. because the buses couldn't go and stuff like that. Yep. And you couldn't have kids sitting outside. And it, it looks like it's going to be that way again. I mean, we're talking about <laughs> the headline that I saw this morning was it's going to be 32 degrees. And then we're not going to see that again for a while. Like we won't even see a high above freezing for days. My forecast that I have in front of me goes for a week, which is about the most that's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, reliable. The highest temperature I see is 28. <laughs> that's next Wednesday. Oh. It's going to be single digits from Friday until Monday. It's that scene from Groundhog Day. Bundle up, kitties, because it's cold outside. Yeah, it's it's going to be like that for a while. Are the dolphins in town yet? I, I hope so. It's going to take them a little while Welcome. to get acclimated. Yeah. Welcome to what you're going to see. Actually, this isn't even what you're going to see on Saturday night. <laughs> no. What you're going to see on Saturday night is about 30 degrees south of this. Enjoy today. Enjoy the 35 <laughs> degrees that we're having today. These balmy temperatures, yes. <laughs> I was glancing last night. Um, so on Saturday at about game time, it's supposed to be 78 degrees in Miami, where they would play if this was a home game. Instead, they're going to play here, where it is 8 degrees at game time on Saturday. And even that looks like it's going to be adjusted down. Uh-huh. So 8 degrees, I think, would be welcome. Uh, somebody on the text line said, pond hockey season, let's go. Yeah, I'll meet you out on the, on the pond, no doubt about it. Here's the thing I'll say about the roads real fast. I ran out and just did a couple things this morning. And um, in all seriousness, we'll talk more about the number of wrecks that (laughs) there were even a couple this morning that were pretty bad, but that uh, police were responding to the last couple of days. Here's the problem that we're about to have is that we didn't have enough time in between the snow and the cold that's about to hit and more snow that we're about to get. And so not all the snow got to melt. And so we're in this weird period right now where there's a lot of really patchy ice right now that doesn't get the sunlight enough and that people don't drive on enough and so it can't melt. When you're going to have temperatures below zero, and we're zero, I mean, eight degrees below zero is the low for this weekend, air temperature. 
it's just never going to melt. And so you've just got all this really patchy, clumpy ice out there. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, my driveway is full of it right now, as a matter of fact. And it was funny because I had forgotten. Yesterday, I thought, you know, it's it's a little bit warmer in the afternoon. Maybe I'll go out in the afternoon after the sun's been on the car all day and just kind of knock the snow off it while it's still loose enough to do that. And then I completely failed to do that job and had to do it this morning after it was all frozen solid. It looked like snow. No, no, not not so much, really. <laughs> I, I had forgotten how much scraping off the car is, how much fun that is. Yikes. I told you this morning, I when I bought this car, uh, I guess I've had it four years now. Wow. Um, there were two luxuries in it that I felt like I didn't need because I you're a car guy. I'm the mm. buy one car, keep it for 10 years, girl. Sure. So the but there were but I was thinking head like you're gonna have this car for 10 years and it had a sunroof and it had heated seats and I thought well I don't really need those I don't I don't need to pay for those I don't need a car like that I use one or the other just about every day and right now the heated seats are enough to make it bearable while oh, I sit there and just let it warm up I'm telling you yeah that that is a wonderful wonderful invention and the car that I'm driving today is a little bit older I think it's a 99 or a 2000 and uh it has heated seats they try they they, <laughs> they make the attempt they really do they're giving it their all but it's not quite what the newer cars are capable of so yeah be in, uh, be be grateful and enjoy those if you have them um, aside from that, though, yeah, it, leave yourself a couple of extra minutes. Actually, you're probably already off for the day today. But uh, if if you do have snow built up on your car, recognize that it's going to be a lot tougher to get off of there this morning than it would have been yesterday. Um, so we'll talk a little bit more about police here. But let us know what are the things, and we'll try to share the wealth of information here a little bit. What are the things that you're doing around your house or to your house or to your car whatever to be ready for and kind of get through what's going to be four days of really extreme temperatures. Um, Texas is afraid of having a repeat of 2021. We will remember that year as the, it's the only time I ever remember us having rolling blackouts yep. here, like planned rolling blackouts because of the, um, the demand on the energy system. Texas, as you recall, went through a week without power. Yeah, their blackouts didn't roll. They just blacked no, out. No. <laughs> they, they just, it went off and Ted Cruz left. And then, yeah, the whole thing, it was just crazy. And they've since, they've made a couple of changes. Texas, one of the big problems that they had back then was, back then as though it was a million years ago, mm -hmm. was that their power grid is isolated from the rest of the country. They don't mm -hmm. buy from other power grids. They don't sell to other power grids. They are their own thing. And for the longest time, that had been a point of pride for them. You know, we've got our own deal here and we don't need it. If things go crazy, crazy elsewhere and there's blackouts in the northeast ha too bad for you until it got cold enough to tax that grid to the point that it couldn't take it anymore and then they couldn't do anything about it because they didn't have the mechanisms in place to buy any power from neighboring grids well they've changed that now uh, they still are very much isolated but there are a couple of power grids one on the west side and one on the east side of texas that they have cut a deal with in case they need extra power to be able to get that done so that's good. Um, it just, they just had, there's so much going on there that you just hate to see them go through that again. I hate to see us go through it again. We haven't heard anything by the way about it. Um, but be ready. I mean, I remember what you did last time. I still have the picture of myself. We never lost power here because I'm on the plaza's grid, I think. Mm -hmm. And so I, I never lost power, but I still have the picture that I took that morning 
when we thought power was going to go out maybe and we didn't know for how long of like the big fluffy hat on and the fur <laughs> everything and the earmuffs and just being wildly unhappy about it yeah so it's it's rough but i mean as long as you stay inside as much as you can over these next couple of days just make plans to do that and if you've got to do the shopping if you haven't done any today would be the day to do it even though it's not snowing Get all that stuff done. And somebody just mentioned the faucets. Dripping the faucets, it will get cold enough to do that over these next couple of days. We're lucky enough that the when they built our house, they must have thought ahead because the only faucet we have that's on an exterior wall is the one in the kitchen. So okay. that's it. All the other ones in the bathrooms and all of that stuff, they're all interior. So if you don't have that and you're not all that sure that your insulation can handle that, it's I think it's the uppermost one that you're supposed to just leave on drip overnight okay. if it's on an exterior wall. The the uppermost faucet in your house on an exterior wall, and that'll keep your your internal pipes from freezing. Yeah, uh, give us other tips like that that we'll uh, that we'll pass on here. Um, I worry about the hot water heater in my building going out again. That I, I just predicted that. I, should, I shouldn't even say it because I don't want it to go. I don't want that to happen again. <laughs> yeah. I keep my thermostat pretty cold at night already. I mean, it's I've been leaving it at 60 during the night. I may put the electric blanket on my bed overnight. I just need electricity to be able to work. That's all I ever worry about. But you do what you can. Highway Patrol was busy, really busy the last couple of days. And I would love to know what, um, and they'll come out with these stats, about what most of those wrecks were because we had so much warning that the snow was, I mean, the, the forecast was straight on. I mean, they they predicted it to a T. 200 wrecks the highway patrol did over the course of that storm. And 70 closed early. And that was the thing that really struck me about that is that I remember us talking about the fact that they had just shut down portions of I-70. Uh, it was west of Topeka. And they didn't wait. And yet they still had more than 200 wrecks. It makes you wonder how much of that snow had already hit in like Manhattan and, and points west of there that they were having trouble with it. And that's why they just said, no, you know what? Shut it down. Is that happening early enough? Or is it just the fact that as soon as it snows for the first time every year, we go through this because everybody forgets how to drive in it. And we just don't have that ability to to get those skills back up to to speed fast enough and when a big snowstorm comes through like this they're gonna have to deal with it every time i'm surprised i-70 had as much trouble for a couple of reasons the general public maybe forgets how to drive in it but i-70 is a lot of truckers it's a lot of people that drive that interstate a lot who are better at it and do it who who are just better in fact we'll get to the story coming up a little bit later who know how to drive in a, a bigger variety of driving conditions than the general public does and, and drive for a living and so their job depends on it we close I-70 all the time. Yeah. I mean, it closes all the time in the winter. So I don't know if people just didn't believe the forecast this time or it came when they just weren't expecting it. I also wonder if some of it is you're on I-70 and you've got two hours of driving ahead and you just got to keep going. Yeah, either that or if they close the road down on you, how many people are trying to use state roads and back roads and things like that? Yeah. To try to get, like how many of those 200 wrecks, if it's highway patrol, I guess all of them happen on the interstates. But how many of those wrecks happened on state roads, U.S. highways, that kind of thing, uh, with people just trying to get around and saying, you know what, I've got to get to Denver one way or the other, I've got to get there.
If you have thoughts here, 913-586-7798, feel free to get in. We have to talk about the latest with air safety is, is in general what I will call it now. Who knew the doors on airplanes, which seem like such a simple thing that we shouldn't have to worry about, are now the real point of concern? We'll talk more about Boeing. We'll talk more about what Alaska Airlines is telling its parents they need to start doing if they have little kids with them. We'll get to all that coming up here on KMBZ. So by my math... It's either eight or nine GM and or head coaching positions that are open in the NFL. I think it was eight until the news this morning uh, that Bill Belichick going to be uh, maybe looking for a new gig. Yeah, we'll see, we heard Pete Carroll yesterday that that was and there was a press conference last night where he apparently got very emotional about his time. Uh, as head coach in Seattle. And now we find out that, yeah, Bill Belichick, and this was not unexpected. I mean, for the last few weeks of the season, everything had pointed toward him and the Patriots parting ways. And they're spinning this as though it's a mutual decision. There was a press conference scheduled for today with Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots. Uh, so they were trying to show that, oh, still, you know, we're, we're still good friends and all of this stuff. 24 years he spent as head coach in New England, and during that run, six championships. That is the most successful head coaching job anywhere in NFL history. That ties him in terms of championships with the likes of George Papa Bear Hallis. And I mean, that, that just, it's, it's an unbelievable record, especially when you consider that the knock on Pete Carroll, before, or the knock on, uh, on Bill Belichick before he got that job in New England is that he couldn't win the big game that he had been defeated in the playoffs several times when he was head coach in Cleveland by the Denver Broncos, who then went on to win the Super Bowl, and that he just couldn't do it, that he didn't have it in him to win the big one. Well, Tom Brady fixed that for him. I believe we've got the uh, Pete Carroll audio that we can play here. <laughs> this is worth crying for. <laughs> um, Glenn, nobody would ever understand how significant... She's been through all of the stuff that we've been through and uh, how important she is as, a, as she's just been the angel in my life and I owe you everything. Um, my boys, Brennan and Nate, you guys would have no idea how valuable they've been to me because they were the ones that would give me all the crap about what I was doing wrong and what I was screwing up. They were harsh and, and their critiques were rash and, and the whole thing, it was perfect because I needed that loyalty and uh, they were the epitome of it for me and that's uh, forever grateful they know they know but uh i don't mind saying it to you um because it's hard to be that deeply loyal it's hard to tell people what they don't want to hear and, and what they need to hear and uh it's it's rare to have people around you that are willing to do that particularly when you get in this kind of position and it's so necessary to, to do well and do right uh so fellas uh, i love the hell out of that um jamie and the crew uh my daughter and, and, and all our our, our husbands and wives and our seven plus kids we got one on the way coming in april uh making glenn and i the proudest grandma and grandpa you can be uh really grateful to those to those kitties that uh put up with grandpa's crazy stuff because you can imagine i'm i'm a i'm a pretty whacked out grandpa <laughs> that was sweet and the okay. she the she that he was talking about right at the beginning of that clip was his wife glenna that yeah. he he described her just prior to that as quote the angel of my life i mean Aww. yeah cute um we might that uh news conference is at noon i believe that's 11 central time mm -hmm. we might just pop into that and see see what belichick has see, to say see what he's got to say it'll probably be the same graduate yeah i'm leaving
<laughs> that's it. That's all you're going to get out of Bill today. <laughs> well, it'll be a quick dip into that news conference. <laughs> yeah. then so, quick out. what's next for you, Bill? I don't right. know. <laughs> Some. Uh, yeah. And we'll see if Tom Brady, I haven't looked at his Twitter yet or anything. I don't even know if he's active on Twitter. He's active a little bit on Instagram. We'll see uh, what kind of reaction comes out from him and Gronk and everybody else. All right. Uh, moving on here to talk about the latest with Boeing um, and the latest with the 737 MAX 9s. Uh, the last I heard is that most of them, if not all of them, have been grounded until Saturday, until January 13th. Um, there's a lot out again. I, I said this yesterday, but I, I can't stress it enough. If you have plans to travel on Alaska airlines or on United, which are the two U S based airlines that we have that fly them, you need to check and see if your flight is supposed to have that airplane. Here's a little sign of the times. And I popped this up on our thread a little bit earlier this morning. There is now a website and I swear this is true called is my plane a seven thirty seven max.com. And you can put your flight number in if you're concerned about this at all. I mean, obviously, you can check through your own airline. That would probably be a better idea because it's bound to be more accurate. But somebody put this engine up online that you can just pop any flight number from any airline in, and it will tell you whether that flight is a 737 MAX. Tell me again what it is. is I know it's very simple. Is my plane a 737max.com? <laughs> yeah, I. It's it, one I'm going to bookmark because we don't know how long this is going to go. Right, and it's a very simple. I mean, it's a one-page, very simple website, and you just pop your your flight number in and hit check, and it's supposed to be able to tell you what what plane you're going to be flying. Not you're not going to be flying it. You're going to be riding on. Yeah. Um. So after the stuff with the Max Eight, and we remember all of that and how long they were grounded, and now with the Max Nine, um, I ask a couple of questions. Do you trust Boeing now to make airplanes? And keep in mind, Kansas has a particular tie to Boeing. But also, do you check to see what kind of airplane your flight is going to be? Most people don't. Most people don't check. No. Will you now? Will you look and see what kind of airplane it is and what problems they've had? And will it make a difference in deciding what flights you're going to take? I wonder if um, aggregate sites like Google Flights will start to make that information more prominent. I think they, they probably will for exactly this reason. And it's funny because there's a story we're going to be talking about later where a similar incident happened, but it wasn't a Boeing plane. It was an Airbus that had mm -hmm. a similar problem. So it wasn't a blowout. But like I said, we'll give you the details on that in just a little bit. And it goes to show that anybody can have problems. Any airplane can have problems. But uh, yeah, we just booked flights last night for a trip that we're going to be taking about a month from now. And didn't bother because we're flying on Southwest. We already know right. what their planes are. But if you are, if you're flying a different airline, especially if you're flying United, will you bother to check even after they've given the all clear and said, okay, any problems that may have been there with the, with the Max 9 are now fixed? Um, yeah, I'll start to look more. And I don't know what I'll do with the information. Yeah. Um, for those of you that are texting in, Go to the website and check. <laughs> Somebody said I'm supposed to fly Wednesday on a 737-900 as a max. Go to the website, put in your flight number, and it will tell you. And it should say, yeah, the 737-900 is, a, uh, I believe that's a different platform than the MAX yeah. 9. It would say 737 MAX 8 or MAX 9. And as we said before, the problems that they had with the, it was a leveling problem that they had with the 737 MAX 8. That was a software fix. And we haven't heard anything about it. There were two planes internationally 
that crashed. They, they didn't crash here in the States, but there were two uh, major airline crashes involving the MAX 8, and they were from the same thing. It, the plane it got a bad signal as to whether it was flying level flight or not and just crashed itself into the ground because it thought it was correcting. And the pilots tried to overcorrect, and it just went poorly. But, uh, yeah, we haven't heard anything about that in a couple of years. The CEO of Boeing, Dave Calhoun, said very simply, a midair blowout can never happen again, you think? Yeah. No kidding. Boy, who wrote that for him? Um, you're right. It can't. They, they need to double and triple check. And now what's happening is that I'm sure the makers of other airplanes are checking to make sure they're not having the same problem because you never know. Yeah. Well, and the CEO also said all of the things that you would expect him to say, oh, we're going to be very transparent about this. Anything that we have going on with the NTSB, we'll let you know. Our own internal investigations, we'll put all the information out there about what we're finding, about what went wrong with these planes. But even at that, it's a little late, first of all. You would hope that quality control would have caught that before those planes left the factory. And haven't said anything still about any kind of a fix. And I guess that's going to depend on what else they find, other than the loose bolts that they've already found on five other airplanes that were checked. 913-586-7798. Or if you have a child under the age of two, uh, right now you don't have to buy them their own seat. You can just keep them in your lap. It's something Alaska Airlines says you maybe want to stop doing. We'll talk more about it coming up here on KMBZ. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right. People are telling us that that website apparently is getting more traffic than it was prepared for. The power of radio. We yeah. Didn't, we didn't mean to crash their site, but no. The, the seven, and to answer directly the caller or the question that the texter asked, no, the 737-900 is not the same as a MAX 9. 737-900 is unaffected by this. Business Insider has a terrific article about the differences between the two planes, but on your ticket, it will always say which plane you're flying. If it says 737-900, you're fine. And you might have to look a little more closely for it. I'm looking to see, and I'm going to have a hard time. Um, I flew Delta to New Zealand, and so that wouldn't have been that. But 
I flew United to Hawaii and I was trying to figure out if it shows it after the fact. Just you just take a look. You might have to dig a little bit and see. Um, but it will tell you what because that's how you find out um like what the seat map looks like is it'll first it tells you what kind of plane it is and then it shows you the seat map. So should be able to um figure it out and find it there. Uh okay, so Alaska Airlines was the uh airline that had the problem with the door, with the door plug. And the way that it exists now is that for most airlines, you can take your child under the age of two and just put that child on your lap. So you don't have to buy a separate ticket for them. The problem with that is that if you have any kind of problem on the airplane, like the door coming out, that child doesn't have its own seatbelt. It doesn't have its own, it's not secured in. And with that, Alaska Airlines is warning parents don't do that anymore. Yeah, don't have the child on your seat at all because should something go wrong, you're not going to be able to hold on to them. It's just even if you hear something go wrong behind you, I mean, the strength that it would take to be able to hold that child is not so well, you don't want to chance that anyway. I mean, it's it's just they're they're urging people to make sure that that seatbelt is around you and around the child or just don't keep the child on your lap at all allow me to be the greedy one between the two of us, then they need to pay for those tickets. Yep. Alaska Airlines needs to then pay for, if, if your choice is to follow this advice, and because it's not just buying the separate ticket, you gotta bring the car seat with you on the plane. I mean, you, if you're gonna put them in a seat next to you, they can't just sit in the seat. They're not built for that. So you gotta bring their booster or whatever with you. That's a pain in the neck. But for sure, they need to pay for that ticket for you. Yeah, and to your point, even if you have, I mean, if you we're talking about a toddler size, you know, a three-year-old kid or a two-year-old kid, even if you put that seatbelt around them, that's not going to do the job either. They'll slide right out of it. Right. So I don't know if Alaska, they're probably not going to do it voluntarily. <laughs> um, I, I, I get it. I appreciate the, um, I appreciate the advice from Alaska Airlines, and I'm annoyed by it because it feels a little bit like a way for them to make more money. They're right about the safety, but it also feels a little bit like a way to make money on tickets that they wouldn't have, have made otherwise. Yeah, so we'll we'll keep you updated on all of this and everything that's coming out of Alaska Airlines, out of United. And again, United, they grounded their MAX 9s just because, just because of what happened with Alaska. As far as we know, United hasn't had any problem with it, but they wanted mm -hmm. to do the due diligence because, I mean, for obvious reasons, they didn't want to carry the liability of continuing to fly that airplane while they knew there might be a problem with it. Uh, United does run uh, the Airbus 319, which had a problem in Florida earlier this week, uh, and it was with the door sort of, but they had a door indicator light on and that caused a big emergency. And this was the same thing, although it's Airbus's version of it, it was the same thing that the plane that lost the door plug had shown before it lost the door plug on three previous flights that it was a, a depressurization, a door depressurization warning. There was no indication on the Airbus flight that it had actually depressurized, but the warning light went on and that was enough for them to land early. It, it was headed out of Sarasota and they landed in Tampa. That's not far away. So they didn't get mm -hmm. up very high. Uh, the, the drive from Tampa to Sarasota is maybe half an hour, 45 minutes, something like that. So in an airplane, you're going to be there in just a few minutes. And they thought enough of it to say, you know what, let's put this thing down. Uh, it was headed to Chicago. 
they said it, um, so it landed in Tampa shortly after 6 p.m. And then it, they just checked it, make sure it was okay. Uh, took off again for Chicago, so they weren't there that long. Mm-hmm. Landed at 8 p.m. local time and then kept going to San Francisco. So everything must have been fine. They didn't take it out of the air. They let it just continue its, its whole trek there. I'm just a little unnerved that it's the doors that we're having problems with. Yeah. I don't know what I'd be more okay with on an airplane having safety problems with, but not the door. Yeah, not not a pretty critical piece of like infrastructure on, on that grand survey of would you rather have a door pop open or an engine fall right. off? Uh, well, right. I, I'm, I'm right. not sure which one of those would be more dangerous, honestly. Like the last time I was on a flight, um, the seat back mechanism was loose. Uh huh. That it was just an annoying because it was a very it was the very long leg over the uh, Pacific, and for that time, I would hit the little button to put my seat back, and it just. It wouldn't stay there. It just rocked back and forth, which I'm sure was annoying to the person behind me <laughs> because I'm sure she thought it was my fault. Yeah. But just every time I lean back a little bit, it would go back. And every time I lean forward, it would go forward a little bit. Those kinds of problems I'm okay with on airplanes. If the outlets don't work, sure. charge your phone, bring a spare charger with you. If the screen backs, the screens on the back of the seats don't work fine, download stuff on your phone when the door doesn't work yeah that's a much bigger problem or a hole pops open somewhere else in the airplane whatever if if, the word or the term explosive depressurization is something (laughs) either one of those is bad (laughs) yes explosive is bad depressurization is bad you put them together and it turns into an awful incident like we saw and the only reason that we can have any kind of mirth about this at all is that nobody was hurt seriously right but still you think of the terror that those people had to go through for that period of time. I mean, how long did it take them to get back to Portland and land that plane? And even if it was just 10 minutes, that's the longest 10 minutes of those people's lives with a hole open in the airplane. I couldn't imagine. It reminds me of Miracle on the Hudson. Yeah. That whole experience lasted like three minutes and five seconds or something from the time they hit birds until they landed in the Hudson. I might be a few seconds off, but it was right at three minutes or so. Um, this was probably longer than that, but you can imagine it's the same kind of experience. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And when you look back at that, I mean, your memory, it really does slow things down to almost instant replay speed, you know, where everything is just, it's like when you, uh, when you're in a car accident or when you're in a car and all of a sudden you start losing control and it starts to slide on you. It seems like that takes forever to happen. And it's really a couple of seconds, but boy, you you have to believe that those people, I, I can't imagine what must have been going through their minds, seeing cell phones and laptops and things like that fly out the hole in the airplane and just thinking, okay, I know that there's oxygen masks up there. I never <laughs> wanted them to pop down into my face. That whole put the mask on yourself and then the person next to you yep. or the child next to you, uh, do, do it yourself first. Um, somebody just asked, wasn't it Alaska Airlines that had the pilot that tried to take the plane down? Yes. Yes, it was. And that was also Portland, Oregon. It was the same. It was weirdly the same set of circumstances in terms of uh, the airline and the site. Uh, TSA has new numbers out about how many guns it got a hold of with people trying to go through security checkpoints. This was a new record uh, set for 2023, passing the old record that was set the year before. Yes, and, and the scariest part about this is that uh, the the overwhelming majority, and I don't know really what I expected out of these number, numbers, but the overwhelming majority of the guns that they found at TSA were loaded. Um, um, 
I know I'm stumbling my way through it. That is so appalling to me. So again, my head goes in, in two directions. Is it people that didn't know you couldn't bring your loaded gun on an airplane with you, which I say those words out loud and can't believe I'm even saying them. Is it people for who forgot that their loaded gun was in their bag? Also concerning then, or is it people who thought they were just going to get away with it? Yeah. And you have to believe, I mean, when we're talking about this many incidents in the year's fourth quarter alone, this is according to USA Today. So just in the last three months of 2023, TSA officers stopped 1,665 firearms at security checkpoints, averaging 18 per day. However, they said over the course of the year, the agency found 7.8 firearms per million passengers. That's actually down from 2022. It's just there's more people flying. So right. the, the raw number goes up, even though the percentage goes down a little bit. And they said of those, 93% of the intercepted firearms in 2023 were loaded. I would love to know what those people said. Yeah. When, when the TSA agent looks, because that's painfully obvious, and says, hey, you have a loaded gun here. What do that 93% of people say? Oops. It's just, <laughs> it's just scary because a loaded gun is a deadly weapon. And if you forgot that you had it, forgot that you couldn't bring it through TSA pre-check, or forgot that it was loaded, I don't want you having a gun. If yeah. you're not responsible about some of that basic stuff, no gun. And when they did this, uh, I don't know if this was a presser or just an interview, but they talked with TSA Administrator David Pekoski, who said, and I quote, we're still seeing far too many firearms at TSA checkpoints. Yeah, how about one is too many? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Boy, it's, wasn't it Pittsburgh Airport that we felt like we were seeing a lot of problems? Yes. But that wasn't the worst problem out of this list. Again, it's the busiest airports. I wish I had percentages of travelers. That would make more sense to me. But mm -hmm. Atlanta had the most. Sure. Atlanta's also the busiest. And yeah, the, the Delta hub that we've talked about before and everything else. I mean, Delta's not the only ones that, that utilizes Atlanta, but they utilize it a lot. So they were far up the list. And that's why Pittsburgh really stood out, because it's not a hub. And no. it's and it's not that well traveled in airports. So you know, you look at it percentage wise, they're going to be way high up. Uh, people who bring guns to checkpoints face a fine of up to fifteen grand. Boy, wouldn't you look for? Wouldn't you? That's a lot. I mean, that's that's not nothing. Um, I laugh. They could lose the el eligibility in something like TSA pre-check. Oh boy, <laughs> that'll <laughs> learn them up. Jeez, that'll do it. Maybe don't let them fly. Yeah. for a while then nonetheless all right we'll take a break coming up we have an update on ralph yarl we have not talked about him uh in a bit and we have a really nice update about him that we'll get to next on kmbz welcome in andrew lester still has not had a trial we are still waiting for this for the shooting of ralph yarl uh next year i think or, or this year maybe may later this year is when that's supposed to happen i think you're right yeah uh nonetheless ralph yarl's doing great after yep. that shooting last year. Boy, isn't he? And I love this story so much, not only because it's a story of his recovery from being shot twice. And remember, he was shot twice in the, in the arm and in the head. And that becomes really important when we tell you what we're about to tell you is that his recovery has gone better, I think, than anybody could have hoped after being shot in the head. I mean, that's, a, that's not an easy thing to recover from. But he has now secured a seat in the All-State Missouri Band. Remember, we saw 
during the discussion about that the, about the shooting and the aftermath of the shooting, there was one picture that we saw over and over and over again of Ralph Yarl sitting there with his high school band in a like a tuxedo shirt and playing what you can only see a little bit of. It kind of looks like a saxophone, but it isn't. It's a bass clarinet. And he does play saxophone, but he plays bass clarinet, and he's secured a seat with the All-State Band playing bass clarinet and credits music with assisting his recovery, which I think is just fantastic. He will perform at the Missouri Music Educators Association Annual Conference in Lake of the Ozarks this month. Is he a junior? He's 17, so... Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I think he was a junior last year, so he may be a senior this year. But either way, uh, yeah, it, it, I mean, that's such a huge honor. And it's not unusual for somebody that's recovering from a TBI, from a traumatic brain injury, to do that kind of thing as therapy, to take up music, take up keyboards mm-hmm. or whatever. He was already a musician, so to see him lean back on that, not surprising, but great to know that not only is he still able to do it, physically with a shot in the arm and mentally with a shot in the head, but he's able to do it at such a high level that he earned this honor. Congratulations to him and to his family. It will be fascinating to see part of why I ask what Yuri's in is, um, do we know cognitively how he is? Have not heard. We've not heard. Okay, because part of what I wonder about is if he intends to go to college and if he is able, again, cognitively, because we just don't hear about that, the scholarships that he could be up for and the grant funding sure that he could be up for especially if this is something that continues to be a, a part of his own therapy the only thing that he said in reference to it in this article in the guardian is he said that every so often his mind is just foggy it's hard to concentrate on things that he said would be easy for me to do um but that i mean that piece of it apparently hasn't affected it's it's so strange how music is so related to speech and yet they're separate enough. You think mm-hmm. of people like Mel Tillis, uh, the country singer, who had a terrible stuttering problem, and yet could sing without that bothering him at all. And it may be that same kind of thing. I was wrong about the date. Uh, Andrew Lester goes to court in October. Jeez, okay. So we're still a ways out. Um, yeah, I, it's it's the best version of this how this could have turned out yeah. that he found an outlet that was already kind of there for him, but that he was able to more fully move into an outlet that he already had as a way to heal and that he's doing so well. So love to hear good it. thing to hear. Yeah, absolutely. All right. More proof again, that everything in Australia wants to kill you. Um, <laughs> we have the story about this teacher again, when I was there and went diving, it was jellyfish season. That's bad enough, like to be in the water when jellyfish are maybe gonna get you, cause you can't be on the beach cause they come right up to the beach. I have never heard about so many shark attacks in a short period of time as we have had in the last few months. Yeah, this this poor, uh, this is a teacher who had been surfing at a break called Black's Break. And they say it's been notorious for shark sightings. Maybe it's just me, Jamie, but if I know a place is notorious for shark sightings, I'm not surfing there. There's a lot of water around Australia. Yep. You can go somewhere else. Yeah, go go where the nets are, you know, mm-hmm. where the beaches are all netted off and that kind of thing. But they said that uh, he was attacked by a shark a few hundred meters offshore. Despite heavy bleeding, he's going to be fine. Uh, he was able to paddle in and scale a cliff before a friend drove him to the hospital. But this guy had the the wherewithal after, during, I guess, and after the attack to yell out to other people who were in the area 
to tell them, hey, there's a shark. They said that he yelled out to the other bloke. You love Australian news. Shark, shark, and and let everybody know that there was something in the area. So they all went in and hit the beach. He was able to get out in good spirits. And um, uh, there, there was a quote in here somewhere. Yeah, here it is. Shark attacks are never nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. It certainly does feel like there's a bit of a trend at the moment. Uh, so, yeah, you're not the only one who's noticed that these things are coming in bunches in Australia right now. The attack is the sixth incident in that state of Australia, and their states are, are much larger than ours, uh, in less than a year. Still, that is significant. I want to come back to the scale to cliff part for a moment. Yeah. I couldn't do that not bitten in the leg by a shark. When you're not bleeding? When I'm not <laughs> bleeding and, you know, in need of emergency surgery, which this guy eventually had. Yes. You scaled a cliff to go get help? Did have, you have your cliff scaling gear with you in the water? Have you been surfing? No. It's incredibly taxing on the musculature. You you want to talk about, I mean, you watch competitive surfers and they're all cut. So, yeah. but of course they are because they're competitive surfers, they're athletes. But surfing alone takes every muscle in your body. And if you do it regularly, you're going to be in fantastic shape. I'm guessing that the surfing is what this guy's going to credit with his ability to do that. I, yeah, I'm just trying to think of what I've even done that compares to that, that uses every muscle oh. in your body like that. And like ice skating is the only thing I can think of where you've got to balance on that one blade. And you're right. That doesn't come close to having to balance your whole body up on a board like that. All the time. Yeah. The very first time that I ever went surfing, I think it was 15 or 16. And even at that age, I came home and was just sore for a week going, oh, man, I feel like I'm 100. <laughs> so, yeah, if you ever want to get into really excellent shape, take up surfing. <laughs> just got to find the water around here. That's to right. Be able to go and, and, the wind. and do that. All right, coming up in the next hour, Sam's Club uh, is going to make a change when it comes to the whole checking your receipt part when you leave. And there's something we're learning about some shoppers of Walmart when it comes to tipping your drivers. We'll get to all that coming up on KMBZ. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.